It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. Chris is out living his life. He's living his life. So you're stuck with me today. Uh, now, some of you would have heard an episode we put out earlier. That's no longer there. You can no longer access it. We had to pull it. Um, but me and Chris didn't want to leave you guys empty handed this week. So we've put together a Lost Tapes episode. Before we get into that, big thank you to everyone who enjoyed our Apollo Brown appreciation episode on Saturday. Real nice feedback on that. Um, it was a nice trip down memory lane for, for me and Chris just to switch on the mics and talk rap. It wasn't planned. We just went, let's do an episode. Our guest hasn't turned up. We need some content. Let's just talk some rap. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who tuned into that. Uh, speaking of memory lane, this is episode 149. And I've dug into the Hip Hop Chronicle archives and dug out an interview with Raekwon. This was done about 12 years ago. Um, this was around Only Built for Cuban Links 2. There was a listening session in London. I was fortunate enough to be in the room with me, the publicist, and Raekwon, and I was the first person to hear the album outside of EMI. So I did a review, it kind of did its crazy numbers. Shout out to All Hip Hop, Chuck, um, you know, gave me a, a, a solid outlet there. Um, and uh, yeah, so in this one, Ray talks about the creation of the album, uh, being hands-on with the production, Buster Rhymes connecting him to Dilla, working with Beanie Siegel, and much more. So this is Raekwon, Lost Tapes, Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. The album itself, have a listen to it. It is gritty, mm -hmm. but it's also very mature. There's more soulful samples on there. When making this album, Ray, were you uh, conscious to go in that direction or were you just doing how you feel? Well, number one, I was definitely doing what I feel, you know what I mean? However it came out, it basically came out with perfection involved with it because I knew that we had a lot of stuff up there that made us feel like how we did the first one, you know what I mean? Like, if you really listen to what the world wanted, the world wanted to get that classic Wu-Tang sound back and have us spitting over that, and that's what we went and got. You know, as far as the whole album, the whole concept of the album was for me to go back into the projects and live that kind of life and talk that kind of talk. So that's what I did on this album, you know what I mean? I made sure that at the end of the day, people was able to say, yo, he didn't lose a step. He went in as an MC. He didn't make no commercial music. The hooks is hard and gritty. The beats is where they need to be. You hear the classic Wu Tang sound skits. It's like it's like a trip down memory lane, but at the same token, it's a growth process too. And I think that as we was going to explore classic production, we was looking for we was looking for classic heat again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's to make songs that approximately nobody can make. You know, when you think of an MC, you think of somebody that want the illest beat in the world to rhyme over. And something that's not too easy to rhyme over neither. So we was just challenging ourselves to the fullest and making it more of a, a real hip-hop album. 
not a you know commercial hip hop. The uh, the first Jay Dilla joint on the album House of Flying Daggers. Um, we got Meth on there, Ghost, and I heard that Jizz is going to be in the hook for the single version. Yeah. How did Dilla get involved in the project? I mean, how did he get? Did he have a relationship with you before? Well, I had the opportunity of talking to this man on the phone through a good friend, um, my brother Buster Rhymes. You know, he was a good friend of Jay Dilla's, and you know, Buster would tell me a bunch of stories about this man's music and his legacy, and he made it his business to get me a copy of some stuff that Dilla had made. And um, he had told me that Dilla had made this track specifically for Wu. You know, he had it for a minute, but he just wasn't able to get it to us because we all in different parts of the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, when he said it had our name on it and me looking at Buster and know that Buster's ear is super golden like mine, you know, it was like, yeah, I want to hear that. When I heard it, it was like, yo, it was like a long lost cousin coming back to the neighborhood beat. You know what I mean? Like... This was something that reminded me of RZA, and I knew that RZA would respect this to the fullest because it sounds like his production as well. Mm. But sometimes you got you got peers in, in the game that know you so well and know how you do your thing that they're there to show you that, yo, they got love for you. Like, this is yours. This is I made this for mm. y'all. And that's what it was. It was that Dilla had something specifically carved out for Wu-Tang members and you know it was it was a blessing that I was able to get it and go back home and, and, and make with it what it was supposed to be on it. Last time we had the interview with me you talked about this time you're more involved in the producing side of the album you know more involved in that side and now I've heard the album what kind of tracks did you have sort of a, a role in? All of them you know what I mean like I said you know me knowing I had to do this album I couldn't depend on anybody to walk it all the way through the way I would have walked it through. And like I said, maybe that may have a lot to do with me taking my time on an album that made it so many years of being made. But every every second of the day, I'm involved with this album. You know what I mean? From who gets on it, who goes first to the production because it's my name, you know? And I can't afford to be driven in the direction where I feel like, you know, RZA want to go here or the next MC want to go around here. It's like I have to make sure that I keep everybody where they need to be at. So that was a big, exciting thing for me is just to really become this producer because, you know, I was the same way when I did Immobilarity, you know what I mean? Immobilarity was me for Dolo, not having RZA, no clan, none of that involved. That was me networking with my killers in the street. You know what I mean? So this one right here was like, I had an opportunity to be amongst my family, but I still had to be the, mm. you know, the, the admiral of the boat. You know what I mean? And still make sure everybody's going in the right direction. But, you know, it wasn't nothing to a giant because like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. I kind of already know what needs to be dealt with. And I'm at the point where I'm taking charge of what I got to do. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't depend on no man to hold me down and take me where I know that I can go. It's like if it's my show, I have to let them come into my world. I can't I can't let you come into my world and I don't know my world. You know what yeah. I mean? So just me just, you know, doing everything. You know, when, when you're an artist and you create a classic, you have to watch every move you make and, and watch everybody else's move. 
Did you enjoy it though, the producing side of it? Do you, you enjoy it? Of course. I mean, I love music. I love, I love real hip hop. You know what I mean? I love MCs. I love dudes that is going to get on beats and show off. And even if they feel like it's it's going to be competition, that's what you want. You know what I mean? I don't get mad if somebody comes on my track and puts that work in because I'm more happy that I was able to deliver the track that brought the best out of him. Right. You know what I mean? It's like how everybody say verbal intercourse, that's one of Nas's greatest rhymes. I know I was the one that co-signed it. <laughs> I was the one that told him, yeah, put it on that beat. That works. You know what I mean? So I've done that plenty of times through plenty different music and aspects of combinations. You know what I mean? That's what I like to do. I like to think about who's my favorite dudes and who sound good on what. Even if I'm not on the track, it's like, yo, I can hear blah, 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 murdering that. You know, that's my mind thinking as a producer as well. So Talking about people who murder a track and, and talking about actually touching upon what you said where you don't mind if someone comes onto one of your tracks and puts that work in. No Beanie Siegel on the album. That's my that's my brother right there. He um he went in. You he, know what I mean? Yeah, he killed that. Yeah. I mean the the, the beat is hot. Yeah. But his flow, his, his what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think essentially the way I saw it, he was talking about life in jail. Like being that in that trap, being trapped. That mentality. But, yeah. I mean, number one, you know me, I, I'm I fuck with all the realest niggas in the game. You know what I'm saying? All the real niggas love me. Like, I can literally get anybody in the game who I felt, if I want to get the niggas pounded out, I can get them pounded in any city. You know what I mean? I got MCs that'll jump in beefs for me wow. just because they love me like that. You know what I mean? I got dudes that'll really make it hard for a lot of dudes to survive in the game. You know what I mean? And these are the dudes that really respect me and they count on me to be who I am. You know what I mean? Which is that real nigga 24-7. But we keep it cool. We keep it humble. You know, all praises due to the father. We not here for negativity, but we're just here to really look out for one another. Yeah. And that's the kind of relationship that I have with Siegel. You know, we should have been doing things years ago, but it was just the timing you know, we wasn't able to be around each other the way we were when we was putting it in on this joint. But I felt that that beat had his name on it. You know, that's me going into my producer mode again, like, hmm, who will body this beat? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I ask a couple of questions and, you know, we get a couple of good answers. We get a couple of weird ones. But at the end of the day, we move with the right men. You know what I mean? We grab the right men. I'm talking about these dudes have have the same energy that I have, mm. you know, come from the same school that I come from. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, it got their name on it. It's the same way I, when I did the screw it on the Barbie with Big Boy and Outkast. Yeah. We knew he was going to make a collaboration, but they didn't know which direction we was going to go with the production. See, I'm always coming in some kind of way, sticking my two cents in on the beat mm. because I know how we supposed to sound as right. as that collaboration. We've been doing this shit since the, the Jodeci era. You know what I mean? We've been doing this when we've been saying songs like Method Man is going to knock y'all out the park. You know what I'm saying? When we knew Protect Your Neck was the truth. When we knew Triumph was going to blow your head off. You know what I'm saying? These are all the things that I always had my ears and eyes on. You know what I mean? Coming up in this business. You know, I feel like I have become successful by watching other people who I help become successful. 
You know what I mean? That made me more successful. You know, it ain't so much about the money side of it. It's about the respect side. And I have a lot of insurance in this business when it comes to respect. <laughs> I have a lifetime. Plenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a life insurance in this business that is just worth so much. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I just pick good friends to get on songs with and make exciting songs with. Something to talk about. Wow. Now, yesterday, uh, Method Man was speaking to MTV. Um, he mentioned something about an album, a Meth album, Ghost and Ray, all in the same album. That I think he said that it's that discussion, discussion stage. He wants to see how the fans feel. I think he said that Riz has produced some tracks as well as some other people, but we're going to go with it. you got your album to push out now. Ghost is going to have his album pushing out. Is this in discussion stages or have you done stuff already? I mean, what's the status with that at the moment? Um, it's definitely in discussion stages, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, we all, you know, we all want to do more things with one another because we know that's what the fans want. And of course we want that too, but it has to make sense. You know what I mean? Everything has to make sense. You know, we know that we're the guys in the crew that really can, pull everybody even more closer together, you know what I mean? Because we are so much a little bit more on a more heard and seen level. And um, at the end of the day, I think it'd be cool. It's just that the politics of everything got to be dealt with a certain way far as the label, what label is going to be on. You know, my thing right now is to run an independent ship, you know what I mean? And basically go out there and go get my earnings that I'm worth and for me to have to do a situation with them with another label situation, they're going to have to, you know, get down for it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we in it for the money, too, man. We got to get money. We got to we got responsibilities and things that got to get dealt with. And you want to have the right label knowing the power of what this is and, and really making it what it's supposed to be. Until we get to that level of it and everything is dealt with correctly... I'm excited. I'm with it. You know what I mean? But it's going to be some talk about some real shit. Peace to Ray. That was the Lost Tapes episode of Breaking Atoms done around the listing session or after a listing session for Only Built for Cuban Links 2. I'm, you know, sometimes I have a hazy memory, so I'm not entirely sure if that Raekwon Ghostface and Method Man album came out produced by RZA. I'm sure it didn't because I would have remembered, but the actual fact wasn't here to, to correct me. But yeah, that would have been good to hear. And it was great to hear that Dilla story as well. Um, incidentally, Raekwon has released his memoir today, Staircase to the Stage, that has been written alongside Anthony Bozza. Um, So stars have aligned and somehow we found a way to, to celebrate the chef and his memoir. So congrats to, to Raekwon on that. You can follow us on social media at Break the Atoms, Twitter and Instagram at Break the Atoms. Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic with a K at the end. Mine's is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We'll be back next week with episode 150. But until then, peace. Peace.